Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, it is Crossover Thursday. You know what that means. We officially turn the page to the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black, and that's the New England Patriots. All things Patriots, all things Raiders, week six action coming up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 12th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time, whether it's three minutes or 33 minutes. We definitely appreciate that. We appreciate my man Ari. does a great job each and every day getting us up on YouTube as well. At Ari Produces on Twitter, if you want to shout him out, if you want to shout me out, you can. At your boy Q254 and the Lockdown Raider Podcast, voicemail line 707. 707- 7654-4693. Always love to hear your feedback. Won't have your calls or texts on today's show as it is crossover Thursday. So uh, coming up throughout the course of the show, it's all things Patriots, all things Raiders, week six action on the show. That's segment one two, and three. Host of Locked On Patriots, Mike DeBate. He'll join the show. We'll talk about the biggest storylines, the biggest matchups, keys to victory, and we'll even give out a score prediction. I don't normally like to do it, but with Mike, I'll give out a score prediction. Not mad at that at all. Before we get into today's show, I do want to let you know it's being brought to you by Prize Picks. Thursday's episode is always brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code all lowercase locked on NFL for our first deposit match up to $100. So don't really have a lot of time for news and notes. I'd like to kind of do that before we get into the crossover edition, but don't really have a lot of time for that on today's show. I will say Max Crosby won AFC Defensive Player of the Week. That was announced on Wednesday. So Definitely want to shout out Mad Max for his performance that he had on Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers, and it's going to be needed, and other guys are going to be needed to step up this Sunday against the Patriots. Even though they're struggling offensively, you don't want to be the team that they get right against. So let's go ahead and jump right into the first part of our conversation. Mike DeBate, host of Lockdown Patriots, and myself talking about the biggest storylines between the Patriots and the Raiders here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Here's part one. Hugh, you know, every time I see a Lockdown Patriots, Lockdown Raiders crossover, on the schedule always makes me happy. This is always one of my favorite times of the year. <laughs> yeah, it's always a lot of fun to catch up with you and talk a little Patriots, talk a little Raiders, talk about the the game coming up, you know, compare and contrast the two teams. And obviously nowadays, the last couple of years, there's a lot of familiarity uh, with the Raiders and the Patriots with uh, Coach McDaniels and Dave Ziegler being part of the Raiders organization now as opposed to the Patriots. So I've leaned on you a lot for some Patriots knowledge, just trying to learn a little bit more about my own team. So it's always great to catch up with you. Absolutely. And yeah, I know Raiders fans are probably sick and tired of all the wisdom and counsel I've put forth over the years from John Daniels down to Dave Ziegler, you know, all the uh, uh, the Patriots exes uh, that found their way to uh, to Las Vegas. But uh, the Raiders are on the verge of putting it all together. And this team is actually coming together pretty well right now. And a lot to look forward to in the silver and black in Foxborough. Well, not so much. But <laughs> you know what? We'll start with the biggest stories of the day, Q. And you being the home team, you definitely get to go first on this one. What is the big story coming out of Las Vegas when it comes to your Raiders and what they can look forward to in the remainder of 2023? Well, I think, honestly, the biggest storyline, and it's kind of twofold right here, it's, it's the fact that the defense is playing really well. 
which has been a struggle for the Raiders for very for a very long time, right? But the Raiders' defense is, is doing some pretty good things, and they've only got two wins on the season. But I would say that the Raiders' defense is the reason why they've been able to, to get those wins week one against Denver and then on Monday Night Football against the Green Bay Packers. But with that being said, Mike, the storyline on top of that is where is the Raiders' offense gone, <laughs> right? I mean, you've got Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator. He's a <laughs> guru, right? He's that guy that's supposed to be able to push all the right buttons. They've got Jimmy G. Uh, Josh McDaniels guy. They've got Devontae Adams, one of the best wide receivers in the league. Jacoby Myers, really good wide receiver. Hunter Renfro caught 100 passes one year. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, the former uh, rushing champion from a year ago. There's a lot of things to like about the Raiders offense, but un- unfortunately, they haven't been able to, to, to show why they could be so good or how they could be so good. And that's really been the big question is why? What's, what's, the, what's the problem uh, with the Raiders offense? Why is it not putting up the points that everyone, including myself, expected them to do in 2023? I thought this was going to be the strength of the team. And you were just going to ask the, the defense to just, you know, kind of compliment the, the, the offense of the Raiders. And it's been everything but that. The defense has kept them in games. And even though they've only won two games, they literally have been in, the, in, in play to win four and because the offense hasn't been able to do what they're supposed to do, they've only won two. So, yeah, I mean, the storyline is, yeah, hats off to the defense for doing what they're doing. Where in the hell is the offense at right now? And I know it's funny. It's kind of similar when you look at the Patriots and their storylines. <laughs> well, you ask where in the hell is the offense, and the New England Patriots have been asking that really since 2022. <laughs> if you really want to go back to last season, uh, the New England Patriots offense definitely anemic at times, and it has been downright dead on arrival uh, for the last really two games. If you want to make the argument that all you know, four, some will tell you that is the case, but uh, as of right now, the New England Patriots uh, through five games have not put it all together when it comes to this offense. And I think a lot of people are surprised that Bill O'Brien being added into this mix and coming that de facto, that ironclad yeah. offensive coordinator that the New England Patriots lacked last year with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge kind of trying to hold things together with duct tape and wire. It just d- didn't work. And it's not working again this year. And that is the big storyline coming out of New England right now is that despite being outcoached and outplayed in all three of the game's phases last week in a demoralizing 34 to nothing loss to the New Orleans Saints, uh, the New England Patriots offense is bearing the brunt of a lot of the Patriots fan base's anger, even more so than the defense and the special teams, which were outplayed. But it's been the offense, really, that is the story. And you want to talk about, you know, Dismal efforts, uh, no question about it. Uh, This team, 156 total yards of offense last week against the Saints. 45 of that came from their running game. Completely unacceptable. Converting a measly one of 14 third down attempts while averaging an anemic 3.1 yards per play. So, yeah, we can definitely sympathize with you guys about (laughs) offense, but uh, as bad as it seems in Las Vegas right now, it's even worse in New England. Outscored 72-3 to in the past two games. New England has to right that ship. That really is the big story coming out of New England. But uh, when it comes to Las Vegas, New England fans, inquiring minds want to know. Uh, Jacoby Myers seems to be doing pretty well for himself out there. He yeah. looks like he's settling in to Josh McDaniel's offense. How has he changed the complexity of what, or I should say, how has he changed the way that the Raiders have been able to move the ball on offense? Because when he was here in New England, Q, he was a point of, uh, you know, catch at the point, make the catch at the point of attack. Yeah. And he was a guy that was shorthanded. He was going to come down with whatever was thrown his way. 
Is he still the same guy, or is he adding a little to his repertoire out there? He's been awesome. He's been as advertised and then some. I mean, he really has. And I know that he was just about a wide receiver one when he was in New England. Obviously, when you're playing with Devontae Adams, you're not going to be wide receiver one. But he acts like he's still wide receiver run one, right? He's mm-hmm. he's uh, getting open. He's not the fastest dude. You know that. Not the most athletic guy. But he finds a way to get open. He's shorthanded, and he makes the plays, right? Multiple touchdowns on the season. Hell, on Monday night against the Packers, he was the leading receiver for the Raiders. And He's just a guy that he, he told us in a media session in the summertime he was excited for the opportunity to play with Jimmy G. He had heard a bunch of good things, didn't play with him in New England, but he heard a lot of good things about him. And it seems like that that relationship has clicked very quickly. And so it's been, it's been good to see what Jacoby brings to the table. And the one game he missed because of a concussion – you know, he was sorely missed. I mean, because, again, Hunter Renfro, he was a, a, a really good player the last couple seasons for the Raiders, and he's really been non-existent so far this year. So it's really been the Jacoby, Devontae, and Josh Jacobs show so far this season, and really more of an emphasis on Jacoby and Devontae. And Jacoby has been He's been fantastic. So he's been an, as advertised. Uh, I'm excited about what he can do and continue to do as a true number two wide receiver. The Raiders didn't have that last year. Last year... They ended up having Mac Hollins. Hunter Renfro got injured uh, early in the season, so he was out. Darren Waller, their, their stud tight end, he was out because of injury. So Mac Hollins became like de facto wide receiver number two, and he's not number two. I mean, I give him credit for what he was able to do, step into a role that he was kind of forced into, but he's not a real true number two wide receiver. He's a really a special teams guy that will go out for some passes sometime. Jacoby is a true number two, and in a lot of instances, it could be a true number one, but he's a number two with the Raiders, and he's been living up to that billing so yeah it's been as advertised and honestly Mike I'm still surprised and shocked and I think that probably Jacoby and his people his representation are too that the Patriots chose Juju Smith-Schuster over Jacoby Myers they gave him the same money and you would think that they knew what they had in Jacoby and they would have held on to him and instead they went on and grabbed Juju and I mean you tell me how's he been so far yeah, you mentioned very, and I think that's an excellent point to bring up. And I also think it's very poignant because Bill Belichick was asked that question on Wednesday morning when he addressed the media about why Jacoby Myers was essentially offered about the same money that Juju Smith-Schuster was. As a matter of fact, uh, Juju was offered more guaranteed than uh, than Jacoby was uh, here in New England, according to multiple reports that are out there. Jacoby, by all indications, wanted to come back to New England, but the Patriots decided that they wanted to go in a different direction and went with Juju Smith-Schuster. It has not worked out. Juju is the type of receiver that really should work so well in a Bill in a Bill O'Brien offense. Yeah. Simply because he is the type of receiver that is able to get yards after the catch. He'll be able to find his way under the defense and then be able to extend plays by getting an additional five, six, seven, maybe ten yards after the point of, of uh, after the catch point. That hasn't happened uh, for some reason or whatever. He has not developed the synergy with Mac Jones that Jacoby had in 2022. It's definitely evident in the way Mac's been playing, especially uh, last week when you saw some of the you know real just um, mind-boggling type of throws that Mac was making and some of the poor decisions that he's making. He's lacking that type of receiver that he can go to in clutch situations when he's down and all the chips are down. Every good quarterback has that guy that he can rely on. Jacoby Myers was that guy for Mac Jones, and essentially they took that away from him. So in a lot of respects, uh, the subtraction of Jacoby Myers from this team has definitely been an Achilles heel for the New England Patriots. But there are players that do have the ability to step up into that role. Demario Douglas has been a phenomenal rookie. 
He's probably not going to play this weekend in concussion protocol. He suffered a head injury, as did Juju Smith-Schuster. So both of these guys are probably on the shelf for this game, uh, barring anything unforeseen. So that means that Mac's going to have to rely very heavily on Kendrick Bourne, Probably a rookie in, in uh, Kayshawn Butte is probably going to get the uh, uh, the call up for this game. He's been a healthy scratch the last few weeks, um, and New England is definitely going to have to get something going with their receiving core, and Devontae Parker is going to have to be a big part of that as well, along with the two tight end sets of Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki. So Mac Jones has got a lot to prove uh, if the New England Patriots go out and for the third straight week put up a real uh, terrible effort on offense. Um there's going to be a lot of calls for not only Mac Jones's job, but Bill Belichick's job a lot louder than it is right now. And believe me when I tell you, Q, it's pretty loud here in New England right now. We haven't had these times here in a long time, <laughs> and uh, it's tough for a lot of fans to take. Welcome to the real world in the NFL. <laughs> Been in that New England bubble for a long time. Now you got to get into the real world of the NFL of how life really is and calling for coaches' jobs and calling for the quarterback to get traded or moved on from or cut or released. Yeah, welcome welcome to the real world. But, uh, yeah, man, that's that's wild. Even to me, it blows my mind to have conversations about could Bill Belichick be on his way out. And who knows? Mac Jones obviously has a lot to prove. But, yeah, it's just weird, man. Even, like I said, just as an NFL fan, hearing those words and realizing that it's, there's a real reality there behind it is is crazy to me. But here we are, Mike, as you know. So on to week six, right? <laughs> Absolutely. In true Belichick fashion, we are on to week yep. six and the Las Vegas Raiders. And in your case, you guys are on to the New England Patriots. Yep. Q, we can talk about all the big storylines, and there are several big storylines. We run them all down. But it ultimately comes down to the matchups on the field that are going to decide this game. Which matchups are Q and I going to be watching this week with a sharp eye? We're going to let you know in just a moment when this episode of the Locked On Patriots podcast and the Locked On Raiders podcast Crossover Thursday style continues right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So there's part one of our conversation right there. Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, really good dude. Love catching up with him and myself talking about the biggest storylines. Coming up in segment number two of the show, we're going to talk about the biggest matchups in this game. Where are we going to be paying attention to when the players are out on the field? What are we going to be focusing on the most? The biggest matchups in this game will come up in segment number two, part two of our conversation, as soon as I tell you about Prize Picks, which is the title sponsor of the show. And a lot of folks will say, Q, I'm not even sure what Prize Picks is. That's okay. It's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. That's all. <laughs> the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You're not going up against other players, pros, sharks, nothing. You pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. It's just that simple. And folks have told me that they've won a lot of money. You could turn $10 into $250 just like that. If you know your stuff, and I know that Raider Nation knows their stuff, you can win and you can play prize picks. You can make your selections super fast. A lot of times people put their entries in in less than 60 seconds. That's how simple prize picks is. You can check them out. They'll hook you up uh, with all kind of different projections. And uh, all you do is, again, you go up against the, the, the projections. No players, no sharks, no pros. Just you versus the projection. So uh, right now, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use code LOCKEDONNFL for our first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash NFL. Use the promo code, all one word, lowercase, NFL for our first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part two of the crossover edition with Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, really good dude, and myself. We're talking all things Patriots, all things Raiders, and we're going to look at the matchups, the matchups, the matchups, the matchups. Coaches coach, players play. So where are the players? Where are we going to be focused at when the players are on the field at Allegiant Stadium on Sunday? Let's go ahead and jump into part two of the crossover edition. The biggest matchups between the Raiders and the Patriots here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Let's get it. Locked On Raiders fans, Locked On Patriots fans, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us here today on Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday between Locked On Patriots and Locked On Raiders. Your boy Q, the legendary your boy Q, <laughs> the host of Locked On Raiders, and Mike DeBate, Locked On Patriots host, crossing the streams for you here today. And Q, we brought our respective fan bases up to speed on what the big storylines are coming out of Las Vegas and New England. But you and I both know that these games come down to matchups on the field, and there are a lot of them that I know our fan bases are going to be watching closely. Again, you are the home team. When you take a look at that Allegiant Stadium field on Sunday, what matchup is going to have your sharp eye? Which one are you going to be watching closest between you know, the Pats and the Raiders? You know, when I look at it, I, there's there's two that are going to stand out to me in a major way, and one is the offensive line, the trenches, right? How do the offensive line for the Raiders stack up against the Patriots' defensive line? Only because the Raiders' offensive line hasn't got going, is my in my opinion. I talked about the offensive struggles. They're only averaging 15.8 points a game, and that's not enough. They haven't scored scored 20 points yet in one game this season. Even the Patriots scored 20 points in the first game of the season. So the Raiders have not done that yet. And I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. The defending rushing champ, Josh Jacobs, hasn't got cooking yet. Hasn't had a 100-yard day on the ground. And, I mean, he had 60-something yards, 69 yards on Monday, but 24 came on one carry. So, I mean, he, he hasn't got rolling either. And I'm not talking about him missing training camp or preseason. He just doesn't have any holes to run through. He just doesn't. So, again, I'm looking at the offensive line and saying, what, what are you doing? Where, where, where's the problem? Why, why, uh, why are you having such problems opening up holes and, and even blocking for Jimmy G? So that's going to be the first and foremost, the biggest matchup I'll be looking at. How does this Raiders offensive line play against the Patriots defensive line? And I know the Patriots have guys that are, are injured. I don't think that that matters. If they can't move back and have a little bit of physicality and force with this Patriots defensive line, it's going to be a long day at the office, right? Regardless of how much of the struggle bus the Patriots and their offense may be under or whatever's going on, whatever the case may be, if you can't block for the pass for the quarterback or the running back, it's going to be a long day at the office. So that really is is the one that I'm staring at the most, like the trenches. How does this offensive line rebound, especially after hearing all week long that, yeah, the problem with the Raiders' offense is the offensive line. Offensive line is a struggle. And they heard that last year going into the season, and they said that they took it personal, right? They, they took a page out of Michael Jordan's book, and I took it personal. Okay, cool. They went out and operated, and by week five or six, around this time of the year, they got cooking, and Josh Jacobs got cooking. So can they, you know, write that, that, that ship and, and do the same thing, follow the same script that they did a year ago? Well, we'll find out. But at some point, it's put up or shut up, and it just hasn't been good enough, right? Jimmy G, you know, is not a guy that's, that's fleet-footed. He's not going to run around the yard. He's not that guy. He, he's got to have protection. If you want him to be at his best— and even then, it's still a little suspect. But he, if you want him to be at his best, he's got to have protection. And right now, the, the offensive line is not protecting uh, the quarterback and not opening up holes for the running back enough. So that's, that's my biggest matchup that I'll be looking at in this game on Sunday. What about you? 
Very, very good point. And before I get into the matchup that I'm going to watch, uh, just a little insight for Locked On Raiders fans. Uh, Q mentioned uh, the defensive front for the New England Patriots. Obviously, Matthew Judon being out is a big part of yeah. that. And this team certainly felt that loss in the loss to the New Orleans Saints. Failed to generate a lot of pressure on the quarterback. That starts up front with the defensive line. New England Patriots right now, in order to compensate for Matthew Judon's loss, folks, you're going to look at Anthony Jennings, um, a uh, reserve linebacker and someone who can also play a little defensive end. He's going to step into that role. Dietrich Wise, I think, is going to probably align a little bit more next to the two interior guys like Lawrence Guy and uh, Devon Godshaw. Look for Josh Uche to be the alpha pass rusher, the, you know, the uh, – Definitely had a good season last year. Was second in the other team to uh, on sacks, and also the rookie Keon White out of Georgia Tech. This kid is someone that can bring a lot of power and a lot of speed when he's properly protected and properly motivated. He's got the motivation. It's just a matter for him to settle in. So if you're the Raiders and you're watching for someone who could impact the pass rush on the Patriots. Definitely keep an eye on Keon White, but. We're mirror images of each other this <laughs> week, Q, because yeah. I'm going to have my eye on that Raiders pass rush and whether or not the Patriots offensive line and Mac Jones can hold up to that. You know that Max Crosby and that five sacks coming off the edge is going to be salivating looking at what this offensive line in New England has been able to provide Mac Jones, and that is essentially nothing when it comes to pass protection. Mac has been adversely affected by the pass rush. He's been off target frequently especially early in the game, that's going to be key for the Raiders to get to Mac early because that's where he starts to spiral out of control. Sailing passes high, the pressure gets to him, that's going to lead to turnovers, and if the Patriots start turning the ball over early, that's going to be a long day in Paradise, Nevada for the New England Patriots. <laughs> they have to take care of the football better than they have been, but that offensive line needs to provide better protection than what Mac Jones has had. 45.8% pressure rate on Jones' 24 dropbacks last week. That absolutely puts him under fire a lot more than he should be. It was the third straight week that New England's unit has been over 43% when it comes to uh, allowing pressure. So Patriots' offensive line has to be better. The right tackle situation has to be much better than what they've got. Rodarian Lowe is trying as hard as he possibly can to get up the speed to New England system, but he allowed a sack in four hurries last week. Antonio Maffi at guard, filling, filling in for Cole Strange, surrendered a team-high six quarterback pressures. Oof. That's not going to get the job done. New England right now needs protection up front, and if they're not getting that protection up front, Mac has to make much better decisions than he's made going to be a long day for new england without any question but if he can get like you said very similar to jimmy garoppolo if he can get protection right that can start hitting his targets in the short intermediate areas of the field and that can allow him to move the ball a little more effectively but he's got to get the protection he needs up front that's going to be the matchup i'm watching closest man I, yeah it sounds like we're looking in the mirror at each other right i mean it does it just sounds like it's <laughs> the same matchups it sounds like it's the same same storylines you know not being able to score uh offensive lines got to protect the quarterback open up some holes for the running game i mean it sounds so similar one thing that i do want to pay attention to one matchup uh that i want to talk uh, talk about that's just kind of like a side note uh Devontae adams i know he's not 100 healthy i expect him to play just like he played this past week he's got a shoulder 
injury. But I want to see Devontae and J.C. Jackson, right? J.C. Jackson obviously just got traded back from the Chargers to the Patriots with the injury to Christian Gonzalez, which I hate that for Christian Gonzalez. I thought he was a promising young uh, rookie for the Patriots, and I know the Patriots, uh, they, they felt the same way about the young man. But J.C., Devontae had some success against him uh, with the Chargers, so I'm looking to see what it looks like now with the Patriots now that he's back with his old stomping grounds. Does it change any? Uh, could that be a, a mismatch? Or maybe maybe he's on you know, J- J- uh, Jacoby Myers, and if he is, can Jacoby continue to have the success? But I'm always interested to see where J.C. Jackson is at on the field. It hasn't been as great as it was before he became a free agent uh, and, and signed with the Chargers, but I still think he's a hell of a talent, and obviously he's very familiar with that Patriot system. So I'm kind of looking at that one as well. Yeah, without question. That's definitely an under-the-radar matchup that I think Raiders fans are going to like, and Patriots fans as well. J.C. actually did get about 50% of the defensive snaps that New England had against New Orleans last week, which was a lot more than I thought he was going to get. I figured they would try to reacclimate him a little bit slower, get him into the game, get him used to playing in the Patriots system once again. But apparently during practice, he showed enough to Bill Belichick and that defensive uh, coaching staff uh, that led them to believe that he was able to carry the load. And one might say, well, Christian Gonzalez is out. They needed an alpha corner, so they had to throw him in there. Jonathan Jones did a very good job at being their number one corner in 2022. He just came back from an ankle injury. Jonathan's got speed and he's got coverage ability. So the Patriots were worried about that number one corner, so to speak. They probably would have rolled with Jonathan Jones and Miles Bryant on the perimeter uh, to try to give them an opportunity and give J.C. a chance to get back. Patriots definitely saw something in him, and watching the film over again, you can see that he still has that ball-hawking nature in him to be able to draw a bead on the football. That, I think, is going to be where you're going to see him shine potentially on Sunday if he's able to find his routes and stay in lockstep with either Dante Adams or, like you said, he might be put on Jacoby Myers a little bit. Although my guess is that Jacoby's probably going to drop Jonathan because of the familiarity these two have with each other. Uh, I think that'll be a good matchup there. But um, the cornerbacks uh, going up against this Patriots wide receiver core, which, again, is another unit that's going to be decimated with injury, uh, is going to be interesting. Uh, If um, Las Vegas wants to control that matchup, they may have an upper hand in this, uh, both on offense and on defense. Definitely something I'm paying attention to. So I think that that's a, a heck of a matchup. But honestly, at the end of the day, it's all about the trenches as far as I'm concerned for both teams. So uh, whoever wins the trenches, turnover battle obviously is a big deal as well. But, yeah, I'm, I'm solely focused on on the trenches because, again, it's been, a tr- it's been a struggle. You know, it really has for the silver and black. They've got to be a lot better. Jermaine Illuminor, Thayer Munford. You know, uh, Andre James, Dylan Parham, Colton Miller, somehow, some way. Colton Miller is the one guy I know he's be steady at that left tackle position. Everyone else I have questions about. So everyone else, they need to really step their game up and perform at a higher level. But it will be fun to watch, of course, on Sunday as well. It'll be week six NFL action. Of course, that's what we care about the most. Absolutely. And Jimmy Garoppolo going up against Bill Belichick. It's always going to be fun, regardless <laughs> of what Patriots fans may think of Bill right now. You know this is one he had circled on his calendar for a good long while. He doesn't want to lose face in the face of Josh McDaniels. He also wants to show Jimmy G a little shot of what he might have had if he stayed in New England. (laughs) So bottom line, these are all fun matchups to watch. And the Patriots and the Raiders, obviously there's a lot of synergy between these two teams with a lot of expatriates out there in Las Vegas. But Q, I think we've arrived at that time, folks. And the moment you've all been waiting for, what are our keys to victory Mm -hmm. for either team? And what is the score prediction that Q and I are going to offer? We're going to let you know in just a moment 
when this episode of the Locked On Patriots and Locked On Raiders podcast crossover style wraps up right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So there was part two of our conversation right there, talking about the biggest matchups. Where are we going to be focused on? What players are we going to be focused on when they take the field at Allegiant Stadium come Sunday? That was part two of our conversation. Coming up in segment number three, part three, we'll talk about past the victory and we'll give a score prediction. I don't do this each and every week, but with Mike, we'll give the score prediction as well. So that's all coming up in segment number three after I tell you about Jace Medical and the Jace case. And you might wonder what the Jace case provides. Well, I'm glad you asked. Five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case, fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of the board-certified physicians. Get on ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions, doctor-created and doctor-recommended. You don't want to get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out a form, and then you get a prescription. Life-saving medications will come right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication and you have it in hand. Right now, get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout at jacemedical.com. Again, all listeners of the Locked On Raiders podcast can get the hookup. $20 off if you use the promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, crossover edition. Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, and myself breaking it on down, talking about storylines, talking about matchups. Now it's time to talk about paths to victory. What is it going to take for the Patriots? What will it take for the silver and black? So let's go ahead and jump into part three of this conversation. Mike DeBate and myself Pass the victory, and oh, by the way, a score prediction as well. Here it is. Check it out. That's fans and Raiders fans. It has been a blast crossing the streams with my good friend and colleague, your boy Q, host of Locked On Raiders, and I'm Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. We hope you enjoyed the insight, the wisdom, the counsel that we've shared on our respective teams. But Q, we've arrived at the moment of truth. <laughs> it is time to offer our keys to victory and our score predictions. And again, We've said it over and over again. There is a lot of history between these two teams. There is a lot of familiarity uh, between these two teams. Some because, you know, there's a good amount of expatriates out there in Las Vegas with uh, Josh McDaniels. But these are two franchises and two fan bases that know each other very well. When you look at this game and you look at the Raiders coming in at two and two, emotional victory on Monday night football, starting to play pretty well. What are you looking at from the Raiders to get the victory over the visiting Patriots on Sunday afternoon? You know, I think that they really need to make sure that they take advantage of all the weapons that they have. And what I mean by that, normally I say they've got to establish the run, get Josh Jacobs going, but it just hasn't happened. And I'm not expecting it all of a sudden Josh Jacobs to break into a 100-yard rushing game. All I really care about is that Jacobs is heavily involved in the offense. All I care about is Jacoby Myers is heavily involved in the offense. Devontae Adams, he only had four targets on Monday against Green Bay. A lot of that was because, you know, Jimmy G was under pressure. He got sacked multiple times. You know, he 
threw an interception. Uh, the Raiders didn't possess the ball a whole lot. And there was times in the game where it looked like Josh McDaniels wasn't 100% confident or believe in his offense to pick up, you know, the, the short yardage or pick up the big play or go for it and settle for field goals a couple times when I thought maybe he could roll the dice and go for it. But it just didn't seem like the confidence was there. Honestly, I think that they just need to take advantage of everyone they have. And, and look, I, I mean, the names, the sexy names are, like I said, Devontae, Jacoby, Josh Jacobs. Hunter Renfro needs to get involved. Uh, but also, Trey Tucker and DeAndre Carter, those are two guys that I really want to point out. Trey Tucker is the rookie. Uh, he's number 11. He's got speed for days. And DeAndre Carter is a wily veteran who also has speed for days. He's a punt returner, kick returner as well. So you'll see him back there in the special teams unit. Those guys have so much speed that the Raiders have to start really capitalizing on that. There was a nice little end around to Trey Tucker on Monday night where he picked up about you know, 15, 16 yards. He had a nice jet sweep against Buffalo in week two where he went for about 36 yards. But he hasn't been utilized that much the deep ball Mike is not there right you haven't seen too many deep shots from Jimmy G and this Raiders offense so take advantage of that of that speed you know I mean Josh McDaniels has been doing a lot of flea flickers since he's been the Raiders head coach uh, he's been doing a lot of jet sweeps kind of some gadget plays here and there but they just haven't been able to take advantage of what they have as far as the weapons and, and this is why and I started off the whole show talking about scoring I thought the offense was going to be the strength of this team. Like, that was going to be their bread and butter, man. They were going to score, and they were going to score often. And the defense was just going to be asked to keep up, right? Keep up and do your job and just, you know, compliment the offense, and you're going to win a lot of games. Like, that was, in my mind, is what I thought. Those are my words, not theirs. I thought that that was what's going to happen, and it's been everything that but that. Like I said, they only averaged 15.8 yard, or points per game which is not a lot in the NFL. You're not going to win a whole lot of games. And, and, you know, Patriot fans are like, hey, that sounds great, as they're averaging about 11 points per game. But, look, that's both, – both offenses are struggling. So – the Raiders have the weapons. It's not like they don't have the lack of talent. They have the weapons. That's why I don't think it's any excuse why they're not scoring, right? I mean, if you can look at some teams and say, well, I know why they're not scoring – Who's, who are they going to throw to? Who are they going to, you know, who's catching the ball? Who's running the rock? Who's doing this and that and the other? That's not the Raiders' problem. The Raiders' problem is they're not executing. And coaches coach. Raider Nation wants to fire Coach McDaniels, wants to kick him out of town, send, you know, everyone back, and I get it. Coaches coach, players play. The players aren't executing at the level that they need to. If they were, they'd be scoring more points, and they're just not doing it. Coach McDaniels has something to do with it. He's got to press the right buttons, don't get me wrong. But the players got to go out there and execute. So something's got to give. I don't know if it's going to happen this week, but – that's what, they, that's what the goal's got to be. Get your playmakers involved. All the playmakers. Speed. Uh, reliability as far as the catch. Moving the chains. Uh, you know, big playability. Running the ball. You've got all that. Use it. That's my biggest key to the, to the if the Raiders want to win, everyone's getting involved offensively. It's not, I'm not saying it's going to put up 30 points, but you get, the, get everybody involved. You hold on to the rock. You have time of possession more than what you've had you have a great chance to win this game at your house. You can win two in a row. You could be on a winning streak for the first time in forever, right? I mean, that would be great to see it. That's how they'd get it done if they're going to get it done. They've got to utilize all the weapons they have offensively. What about the Patriots? Could not have said it better <laughs> myself, and that's exactly what the New England Patriots need to do. Now, in terms of talent level, I mean, the New England Patriots definitely are, they're scraping right now. I mean, like, obviously, with the injuries to Demario Douglas and to Juju Smith-Schuster, it's going to make it that much more difficult on Mac Jones to find playmakers as pass catchers, which means relying heavily on your tight ends. But my key to victory for the New England Patriots is they need to get the running game going. Ramondre Stevenson mm -hmm. is a catalyst for this team's success. And so far, he's averaging 2.8 yards per carry on the season. Ezekiel Elliott came in to be 
a red zone threat, someone who could maybe catch a pass or two out of the backfield and lend a little bit of veteran leadership. He hasn't been much better. 3.8 uh, per carry is what Zeke is averaging right now. So New England needs to be better. They have been victimized by that terrible offensive line play up front. There's no holes to run through, and they've been stifled. But these guys are seasoned enough veterans where they have to start creating their own opportunities. And Mac's going to have to utilize them maybe even out of the backfield as receivers or maybe a jet sweep option. They have to empty the playbook yeah. and start doing things a little against the grain to get this offense going. And the Raiders might have – they might provide the opportunity that the Patriots are looking for. They've struggled to stop the run a little bit this year. They're allowing 130 yards per game on the ground. They've got a good defensive front. Don't get me wrong. And this is no disrespect to the Raiders. I love Divine Diablo and Jenkins and Nichols. And those guys are good run defenders, but they've had their difficulty this year. They were brought in to solidify the middle of that defensive line, and that's been a porous area for the uh, Raiders' defense. So if the Patriots are going to get on track, they need to get that run game going, make a concerted effort to run the ball effectively. That starts with Ramondre Stevenson, and then if you can use the run, it opens things up for play action, and that's where Mac Jones can go to work. He can hit the short, intermediate areas of the field, bring up the defense, lead his receivers under it. My listeners are probably mouthing these words along with <laughs> me right now. They've heard me say this just about every single day. That's what Patriots have to return to. So if they're going to get going and they're going to give themselves an opportunity to win this game, it begins and ends with the running game getting on track because they've been dismal so far as as the whole Patriots offense. And really, it, it yeah. has been. Once they do that, then they can start getting Hunter Henry and Mike Gusecki involved. And I expect them to be your top pass catchers in week six. You know, and, and to go along with what has to happen for the Raiders to get a victory, uh, obviously, Max Crosby has to continue to be Max Crosby, right? He's coming off being the AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Uh, he got that award on Wednesday, so that was cool. He's got to continue to do that. He's got to get after the quarterback. And the Raiders, the last two games, have caused four turnovers. They've created four turnovers. They've got to keep that up. That was a huge emphasis all offseason, all training camp, all preseason. Get to the ball, get to the ball, get to the ball. And through the first three weeks, they had no turnovers they had created. And then all of a sudden, in week four against the Chargers, they got one interception. And then last week against the Packers on Monday Night Football, they picked off three, three to Jordan Love three times. So all of a sudden, they're starting to get things going. They've got to continue to get those, uh, to create those turnovers and get an extra shot at it. If they want to get this offense jump started, they've got to continue to help them out by getting the ball back. And uh, hopefully, they get it on a short field and they give their offense a chance. Last week, Robert Spillane had a nice interception to, to get things rolling, got inside the 10 yard line, and the Raiders still settled for a field goal. So that's less than ideal when that situation happens. But the more times you create the ball, create turnovers, and get the ball back to your offense, the more cracks at it you get. So the Raiders need to do that as well so defensively the keys are getting pressure on the quarterback and creating turnovers on the back end yeah absolutely and for the new england patriots on the defensive side of the ball they have to do a much better job of blocking the run they have to do a much better job of getting pressure on the quarterback up front with the exception of two sacks last week one of which came from juan bentley on the initial uh defensive stand for the new england patriots and the other came from a covered sack a corner blitz from miles bryant Got to be much better this uh, uh, this time around. 
not even necessarily with the sacks, but get pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. Make sure that you're keeping him off rhythm, off balance. And that's where the New England Patriots defense can try to build a little bit. But easier said than done. The Raiders are playing better ball than the Patriots right now. they got to take the advantage wherever they can get it. Q, the time has arrived. It's about time for us to offer score predictions. Oh, I never want to put you on the spot, but uh, we're contractually obligated to do that <laughs> right now. No, I'm kidding. Also, if you don't want to give a specific score, I'm not going to force you to do it. Um, but uh, how do you see this one shaking out in Las Vegas on Sunday? Well, I'll tell you this, and it's not with a whole bunch of confidence, but I'm going to say that the Raiders are going to find a way to win. They're going to get their second victory uh, uh, in a row, right? So they're going to be on a two-game winning streak, which will be the first time that that's happened all season. And I'm going to say they score 21. They haven't scored 20 yet this whole game or the whole season. So I'm going to say that they're going to get 21 points. They're going to win the game 21-14. I hate score predictions, but I'm going to say it's going to be 21-14. The Raiders find a way to get that third score, that third touchdown, and finally break that 20-point mark. I mean, they're the only team in the league that hasn't scored 20. So, Mike, at some point, it's a numbers game, right? At some point, you keep getting cracks at it. You keep getting to going to bat. Eventually, you get a base hit. So, I'm assuming that it's going to happen. I'm just going to pick this week to be it. Maybe they create a turnover and get a short field, and that's how it gets done. But somehow, some way, they've got to get that. They've got to crack that 20-point mark. So, I'm going to say it's going to happen this week. 21-14, I think the Raiders win this game what about you yeah I think it's so dismal in New England right now thinking about offense that we forget that we actually have scored 20 points in a game <laughs> at some point during 2023 uh it's been so long since the Patriots have even put up any meaningful points but um for the sanity of my fan base for the sanity of my <laughs> listeners um I'm going to say that the Patriots right the ship this week. I think okay. there's still a little bit of a bitter taste in New England's mouth from what happened in uh, Las Vegas the last time which yeah. Thankfully, in terms of our uh, situation, we haven't mentioned in, the, in today's show, and I thank you for that, my friend. But yeah, no bottom line, uh, I think the New England Patriots need to get their running game on track, and I think they are going to be able to do that. It will lead to points on the, on the, uh, the board, and I think it leads to Mac Jones finally being able to open up and utilize the two tight end sets that really have been completely absent for the better part of the season. Get Hunter Henry involved, get Mike Gusecki involved, but it starts with Ramondre Stevenson running the football and the adjustments that the Patriots have made on defense to compensate for the losses of Judon and Gonzalez are going to be in effect this week. Bill Belichick's back is up against the wall. Mac Jones's backup is up against the wall. I'm a little more confident in the old man than I am in the kid under center right now, but I say that both of them get just enough done. I think the Patriots take this one by a final of 20 to 17. Oof. Not going to be easy. Las Vegas is not going to make this easy on the Patriots, but I think they do get this by a That 17 number, that's been the magic number for the Raiders, right? 17 points, 10 points, 18 points, 17 points, 17 points. So, hey, saying the Raiders are going to score 17 is a good number because more often than not, they've done that so far this season. So, again, I think the Raiders just have to get that 20-point mark, man. They have to. It's, it's Again, they're the only team in the league that has it. And at some point, you got to do it. So, uh, if you're going to do it, why not do it this week against, you know, Josh McDaniels' old team? And he's pretty successful against Belichick in his career as a head coach. So, he hasn't been very successful as a head coach he anywhere else, but against Belichick he's done a pretty good job, so I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go out on a limb and say he's going to do that one more time at Allegiant Stadium in front of the home crowd. He needs to get it done, so there you go. It should be interesting though. I mean, it's, it's going to be a close one. I don't expect it to be, like I said, I, I picked it 21-14, and I still think that at the end of the game, the Patriots have an opportunity to go down and, and possibly score for a tie or even go for two and win the game. So I don't think it's going to be one that you're feeling comfortable at the end. Who's going to win it? It's going to be one of those stay in your seats to the end to see how it all shakes out. 
Yeah, I think so. I think both fan bases and both teams are in for a fun one and probably a tight one in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Hugh, what can I say? It's always an honor to cross the streams with you, my friend. You are a true legend in this business. I'm yeah. honored to be your colleague and a friend as well. And folks, we thank all of you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us here on Crossover Thursday. It's always great to get to know some of the fan bases around the Locked On Podcast Network. And uh, despite the sometimes uh, acrimonious history between these <laughs> two teams, I want to give a tip to the Captive Raiders fans who have always been very nice, very kind, and very congenial to me. So I appreciate you. And you know, I appreciate my listeners on Locked On Patriots as always. So there it is. There it was. Mike feels like the Patriots are going to snap their little slide that they're on and get a victory and, you know, even score some nice amount of points. And the Raiders are going to get stuck at 17. And that's that number I don't want to hear at 17. That's why I went with 21. I, I, I'm assuming that, like I said, it's a numbers game. At some point, the Raiders have got to get over 20 points. That's going to be one of the big keys to victory for me come Friday. Got to get 20 points. Got to aim for 20, 21 points, 24 points, whatever the case may be. Got to get off that 17 number, man. Really do. But Mike feels like the Patriots are going to get the dub. I feel like the Raiders are going to get the dub and get their first two-game win streak of the season. And all of a sudden, they're sitting there at 3-3. Three and three. If they can do that, we may be having another conversation come Monday. So uh, we'll obviously be back tomorrow. We'll have uh, keys to victory. I already told you what one of them will be. We'll have more news and notes. We'll have more calls and texts throughout that Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. But until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.